Welcome. This is the first ever Pitch Proper Yank weekend recap. This is going to be a little shorter of an episode. I'm just going to go through this weekend's games. If you're wondering and you're like, are you going cheap on our episode this week? I am not. There will be an episode. It's going to be released a little bit later and it's going to be a Derby Day special. I'm super excited. We have to talk about the games. We have to talk about this weekend. And boy, was it a weekend. I will start right now with English Premier League. A general note from the weekend, Saturday was the day of the comeback victories. I mean, as a fan, you have to wait it out. A lot can change in the second half and a lot can change in a long period of stoppage time. Before I get to Saturday, though, I do want to provide a bonus result. And this is from Tier 2. So this occurred on a Friday game, so that was September 15th. Leicester City wiped the floor with Southampton 4-1. If you recall the names of these two teams and you aren't familiar, these are two teams that were relegated last year from Premier League. You would have seen a score like 4-1 with, you would expect one of them and a team that had been in championship in that tier two. I don't know if you would have necessarily expected it with two teams that were Premier League teams last year. So that was a very interesting result. I just wanted to make a little special note of that one. Beyond that, let's get into Saturday. Saturday was the day of comeback victories. And a lot of them had very similar scores. So I'm actually just going to go through individual games, but I will make a special note of any game that I ended up watching that day. I wish I saw this game, by the way, but I did not see it. The Aston Villa Crystal Palace upset was the best personification of what I was noting in terms of comeback victories. There were a couple of good notes that were made. So Aston Villa has been on a winning streak at home. They've been playing fairly well. Aston Villa ended up scoring the first goal. They were offside. Crystal Palace ended up taking a lead very early in the second half of the game, although Aston Villa truly dominated possession. Edouard from Crystal Palace, that's really the player they were talking about. He had good form. He scored that goal in the beginning of the second Honestly, part of it, he capitalized on, I I can't call it a mistake, Martinez, the Aston Villa keeper. You also know him from the Argentina national team. He just slipped at honestly the worst time. But still, that doesn't mean that the goal goal is necessarily going to happen. I think he truly capitalized. The Crystal Palace keeper ended up hurting himself at some point in the second half, and they had to stretch him out a little bit. They just got Henderson as well. And Johnstone ended up staying in. Was that a mistake? Uh, maybe, because Villa ended up demolishing him after that. Aston Villa did not score again in onsides until the 87th minute, which is wild. So Duran had this beautiful finish. He let it settle, and then he had a one-touch. There was a PK, and then there was a third goal in this really late stoppage time. This is like the characterization of the weekend, of Saturday for sure. This game was honestly one of those ones to watch. The final score with that was Aston Villa beat Crystal Palace 3-1. Another 3-1 game was Liverpool versus Wolverhampton. I don't think you could read any commentary from the weekend without reading a little bit something about Mo Salah, and it wasn't necessarily about goal scoring. It was about the wonderful assists and just general placement throughout the game. This should be noted again. The Wolves had a lead through the first half. They looked like they were playing fairly well. It was noted. I think a commentator ended up mentioning they looked a bit leg-weary in the second. And I think that is really, really important based on how you see the progression of the game. Early in the second, Liverpool had a really key equalizer. Andrew Robertson had the second goal that Liverpool scored. It was a key turnover. It got them the lead. And it was a great assist as well by Salah. 
And then Harvey Elliott, oh my word, scored the third goal. And he ended up jumping over like multiple of those walls to get to the fans. There was just jubilant Liverpool fans ultimately to get to that win. It was a great game. It was an early game for us. It started at 7.30 in the morning. I didn't end up watching that one outside of the highlights, but holy heck, that was a great game. The next one that is kind of like this, just in that the score was also 3-1 and a team came back was Manchester City versus West Ham United. I don't want to talk about this game for a long time. If you've been listening at all, you know I'm a West Ham United fan. I was dreading this game. I didn't want to watch it at all. So I actually did watch this game. I hung out with some friends. We went to go watch the Tottenham game. And I was like, I just want to be in a way where we're just watching Tottenham. I do not want to see City beat my team. Well, of course, like they put Tottenham on one TV screen and then the TV screen next to it had this game. So I'm watching it the entire time. I'm seeing Doku play and I'm like, oh, holy shit, this team is so good right now. West Ham played very well in the first half. They were up 1-0 and then City scored three goals in the second. Yeah. So again, don't want to talk about that one. The game that I was watching with friends was Tottenham. They played this game very well. This this was categorized, and I think it was kind of interesting, as one of the latest ever comeback victories. Tottenham ended up pulling this out. So Richarlson was key to this game. Tottenham won 2-1. There was like a ton of stoppage time for the second half. It was somewhere between 12 and like 16 minutes. So watching that was a bit bananas. I remember we're getting to the, near the end of the game, and it, for so long, it was 1-0. And my friends that I'm with are like, we, what's the point? What's the point of even doing this? And I'm like, a lot can happen in 15 minutes. And boy, is that true. They ended up winning. So again, it was one of those, they came out from underneath a victory comebacks uh, of the weekend. All right. Another game that happened that day, uh, Brighton and Hove made Manchester United look terribly silly. And based on how Manchester United has been playing, I'm not totally surprised. Manchester United has not been in great form. Brighton and Hove has typically done pretty well, though West Ham did beat them fairly recently. At this point, though, it's pretty clear that Manchester United fans have a lot of doubts around Ten Hag, and we'll see what happens in the future. I think the score of this one was also 3-1, if I'm remembering correctly. The other game that occurred on Saturday, so Fulham played Luton Town. This was a bit of a closer game. Luton Town was certainly more on the attack. Fulham did end up winning 1-0. Fulham is one of those teams, so I'm going to put them with Brentford and with some other teams as well, where you cannot count them out. They're just a solid middle-of-the-pack team. Sunday's games. Oh, jeepers, creepers. Uh, Chelsea drew Bournemouth 0-0. Chelsea dominated possession. They were about 65%, 64-65% possession. You could tell Sterling was trying to make something happen. There were five yellow cards which were for Chelsea, which were far more than for Bournemouth. There were free kicks on both sides. Neither team could make that happen. They were fairly split on shots. Bournemouth was on the attack for much of the game. There were some impressive saves by the Bournemouth keeper, Neto. But I think just honestly, I'm saying all this, this game was summed up so wonderfully by a game commentator. Chelsea is full of possession and pace. They're lacking potency and precision. Victory is just eluding them. Just to know who they are and how terribly they're going. Like, I want them to start actually playing better, even though I am not a fan, because this is just embarrassing. The other game that happened on Sunday was Arsenal versus Everton. Arsenal scraped a win at 1-0. I mean, Arsenal played fairly well, but I think there was interesting commentary for this one. as, well. And there were some interesting differences. Raya was in goal for, for Ramsdale for Arsenal. 
There was a singular goal. It was scored by Trossard. The assist was by Saka. Saka beautifully constructed. They really maximized on an opportunity on a corner. So each player doing one to two touches. Arsenal dominated possession. They were at 74%. They had a ton of great shots a lot of opportunities. They scored at least one of their goal offsides. They had a ton of corner kicks. The interesting fun fact from this game was Arsenal had failed to win the five games at Goodison at Everton. This is their first win at Goodison since 2017. So that is English Premier League. The big note that I want to make for Major League Soccer this weekend is there's certainly an increase in intensity as we're moving towards playoffs. You're hearing that again and again from commentators. I'm just going to breeze through what some of these draws are, and I think the draws are fairly indicative of that. The New York Derby happened. That was 0-0. That was honestly a kind of a frustrating game to watch. I did watch that one. Charlotte versus DC United also produced a score of 0-0. Montreal versus Chicago was 0-0. Houston Dynamo versus St. Louis was 1-1. FC Dallas versus the Seattle Sounders was 1-1. I watched the Atlanta FC versus Inter-Miami game. Atlanta FC is the first MLS team to beat Inter-Miami since Messi joined, which is huge. The commentators gave some great commentary around Tata Martino was the first coach of Atlanta FC and he's coming back. Atlanta looked great. I saw them against Nashville. I think I had noted this. It was hard to watch the game against Nashville. I think the score was 4-0 or 4-1. Atlanta's playing wonderfully. It's tactical masterclass is the way it was described by the commentators. Messi was not an available sub for this game. He was resting. I think it's also important to note, Inter-Miami needs to get six points to make it to the playoffs. The score of this game was 5-2, as an aside, which is bananas. I also watched the LA Derby. I mean, I liked how this was also characterized when we were talking about the commentators. So LA Galaxy was caught napping defensively. LAFC had a triumphant 4-2. They made it look so easy in watching this game. LAFC has, has ended a run of three straight defeats. That's big for them. Their players started really pushing towards the end. Let's talk about some of the other notable games for MLS. The Philadelphia Union versus Cincinnati game was definitely something to watch. Philadelphia is number four for the Eastern Conference. Cincinnati is number one in the Eastern Conference. The score of this game was 2-2, and there was a red card for each side, which is a little wild. They were starting with the same formation. The commentators made a point of noting that. Philadelphia was first to score. They ended up getting a PK that put them up to 2-0. Cincinnati scored early in the second half. And then at the 76th minute, Vasquez scored for Cincinnati. At that point, the score was 2-2. In the 83rd minute, a Cincinnati player, Mosquera, ended up getting his second yellow card. There were a lot of yellow cards in this game. To get a red card and be taken off the field, they were operating with 10 men. In the 95th minute, Elliot from Philadelphia got his second yellow card, thus resulting in a red card also off as well. So it was equal at that point. There was three more minutes of stoppage time. In terms of that, I mean, they fought like hell, but at the end of the day, the score remained 2-2. Another game that was a little bit interesting, a little sad for me from being in the Boston area to watch, is the Colorado versus New England game. Colorado won 2-1. If you didn't know, Colorado is the bottom of the Western Conference and New England went into that game second place in the Eastern Conference. I've spoken about this before, but the way that the tables fit together for Major League Soccer right now, generally the teams in the Eastern Conference have a higher point total than those in the Western Conference. There's a couple of things for New England Revolution that are fairly notable that I want to make sure that I mention for this game. 
So their head coach, Bruce Arena, he recently resigned. So that was September 9th. So if you weren't familiar over the summer, there was an investigation regarding uh, comments that he may or may not have made. This was the first game since his resignation. Does that have something to do with their loss? Maybe. They also just lost their first keeper early this month, who is largely considered one of their best players. That's Petrovic. He ended up going to Chelsea FC. Oops, went to EPL. Really, things to note from this game, Revolution dominated possession. They were at around 61%. They had double the shots, but they weren't shots on target. Colorado had their first goal on the 48th and the second on the 62nd. The Revs scored in stoppage time on the 93rd minute. There's one more minute of stoppage time post that. No one could really make anything happen. I did love that it was noted by a commentator that Colorado Rapids have a new manager. His name's Chris Little, and this was his first game, and it was a win. Another game that that took special note of was Vancouver versus Toronto. Vancouver is number four position for Western Conference. Toronto is the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Vancouver ended up besting Toronto 2-1. So Toronto got an initial goal early in the second half. They had a bit of a devastating counter, is how it was described. Vancouver quickly responded with a nice-looking set piece. The 66th minute is when Vancouver scored their second goal, that winning goal. Beyond that, it had pretty split possession. Seemingly, Toronto just made better use of opportunities, and they had more of them. The game to consider outside of, I would say, so like Inter-Miami versus Atlanta was a very interesting game, and the other game that was huge this weekend for MLS was Orlando City versus Columbus. They're both sitting relatively high on the table. Orlando City is seemingly playing really well right now. They won the match. It was 4-3 with a late winning goal in the 97th minute. So why is this super significant? They were pretty split on possession. They were fairly split on shots. Columbus did score first with an equalizer from Orlando City occurring pretty early in the second half. At one point, Orlando City went behind 3-1, and then they ended up coming back to win, and all of the goals felt fairly late in that second half. Ultimately, Ojeda had a a well-placed free kick in a dangerous zone when the score was 3-3 that caused chaos and lured the keep out of the box for Enrique to tap it in and score that fourth goal. So it was huge. That was a really, really exciting match. Orlando City more and more is impressing me. I think we had described at some point that Orlando City is going to be playing Inter-Miami, and I'm really excited to watch that match. So we were talking about a Florida Derby. I don't remember what specifically what it's called, but I know Pete had a pick on it. So that one, eventually when it happens, I'm going to be very interested. But what are the games coming up, if you're asking? The, the next upcoming games that I'm most excited for. So for Major League Soccer, there's a lot of games that are happening on Wednesday, September 20th. I'm most excited to see St. Louis play LAFC. Really, it's going to be a competitive game for the Western Conference. For English Premier League, you're going to hear all about derbies in the next Pitch Proper Yank episode. But we will be talking about the North London Derby, and that's what the inspiration was behind doing that episode topic. That is going to be the most exciting game for me. So that's going to be Arsenal versus Tottenham on September 24th. I think it's going to be really competitive. I'm more excited to watch it now that I'm seeing Tottenham doing well. I expect Arsenal is going to be doing well. We'll see how it all pans out. That's it for this weekend recap. Please let me know what you think of this. If you like it, I'll keep doing it. If not, then maybe I'll skip it. Let me know, though. Until next time, Yanks.